Okay, so I have all these thoughts running through my head that I want to tell you. Um, first of all, I would say before you jump off and do any of this stuff, you start praying hard. You cover this in prayer. You don't even have to go buy property. Maybe the Lord's leading you to rent out a bedroom in your home. Hmm. I'm all about, he's given us these gifts and our homes are a gift. What's the highest and best use? What's the best stewardship we can make? Some people are like, I'm not having a stranger in my house. No way. Okay, well, talk to your church. Maybe people in your church need a place to stay as well for a, a short time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I would encourage you to start is start by praying. Okay, Lord, what, what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. He may be trying to build the local church or build relationships or whatever. So um, that's a way to start with zero money down. You're listening to the Blue Collar Money Podcast, theories of middle-class investing. I am your host, P.W. Gopal, performance coach and entrepreneur. And along with the Blue Collar Money team, we want to say thank you for taking the time to join us today. Our goal is to help you get your hands dirty, get you unstuck, and help you live out your best financial story. Hey, welcome back, Blue Collar Money family, episode 80. Uh, This is going to be a wonderful interview uh, for you to listen to. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with my my new friend, Terry Ziegler. Um, Terry uh, is wonderful. I think you are really going to enjoy her. She is a real estate broker, 40 years uh, in Texas uh, doing real estate and now lives in Florida. Um and just works as an investor. They, uh, her company manages property, uh, as well as, um, you know, their own real estate investments. We, uh, I got the chance to sit down with Terry, man, a couple months ago and hear, um, a little bit of her story. She was kind enough on her vacation in Alaska, uh, to do a zoom call with me and we just hit it off. I mean, uh, I think we align in our values. Uh, she is a self-proclaimed Jesus freak. And um, she said something very interesting to me in the interview that I brought up in this interview. Uh, she said that she doesn't care about money, but she just wants people to know God's love for them and and see Jesus. And it just really took me because, you know, I just, I'm around information about money. Fine. I mean, just, uh the more I study money, the more the more dry it gets. And so meeting people that are just full of life and are really focused on people and the kingdom of God, um, it's just really refreshing. Um, so I, I'm excited for you to, uh, to get to hear from her. Uh, I want to just say thank you for listening, for being so faithful. I mean, um, just, yeah, really grateful that we're able to get to 80 episodes and, um, and that, God is providing for us. Um, he's introducing me to more and more extraordinary people that uh, are willing to share um, what they've learned from him, have learned in the workplace, in the marketplace. Um, if you're getting something out of this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review. Um, and even just kind of you know leave a note so other people can, can, uh, can hear from you of how this information, how this time together has impacted you. Um, and then also just let me know what topics you want to cover. I mean, we've been spending a decent amount of time 
um, talking about getting started in real estate. Uh, this is something that I'm interested in. My <clears throat> my wife and I have spent a lot of time over the last few years learning um, and, yeah, just adjusting our schedules just to be able to, to cultivate a, I don't know, I guess a flat, flatter portfolio. I mean, we've really been affected by um, some of the interviews, um, you know, that we've done, you know, especially, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, um, Daniel Johnson just kind of teaching us about the three-legged stool of cash flow business and real estate. I really took that to heart. Um, our previous episode with Miles Alexander, you know, he really shared with us about becoming the value in your business. Um, he doesn't focus on the stock market, but actually building a business uh, that will live beyond him. And uh, so just a quick quick update on our family. I mean, we've our, our numbers have been horrible um, over the last couple of years, uh, mainly because our, you know, I, I lost my job to uh, to a hospital stay with my daughter and came out to COVID. So uh, my wife and I, uh, took a 90% pay cut essentially that year. Uh, and we recovered a little bit in, uh, 21, but we also took some risk. We started, uh, well, we started, Mike and I started this podcast and, um, are slowly, um, slowly getting this into the place where, you know, this could become a viable business. Um, I started the garage a year ago and uh, started off slow. I mean, it's very, very expensive business to get into. But just through the help of some friends, actually one of the guys we interviewed, Luke Walker, has been a huge help. He'll be on, uh, uh, we actually just interviewed him, so he'll be on in a couple weeks. We just had our first $5,000 week, so it's pretty pretty awesome um, you know, for us to, to be able to do that in a week. Um, you know, and if that, if that keeps up, then maybe the shop can do a quarter million, um, over the next year. We, well, I mean, God, God only knows what that's going to look like. Um, my friend John and I recently started another business mainly just because the opportunity came up. Um, uh, friend of ours, uh, ours, uh, got a hold of us and said, Hey, I need some custom carpentry done. And you guys do that. Um, it's at the Biltmore States, big old house in, Asheville, North Carolina. That's a big uh, tourist attraction. It's beautiful, and uh, they're re- restoring some cottages on the property. And so they asked us to come and do some built-ins. And so we quickly formed an LLC, Blue Collar Brothers. And so I have you know another story that I'm going to be kind of sharing with you. Another narrative you guys can follow along with. So the Biltmore Estate will be our first job, and I'll let you know how it goes, and we'll see how if it's possible to. Uh, to get one of these businesses to, uh, you know, to really cash flow. I mean, our hope is that one would take the lead. I think that would be the garage. I mean, our hope is to, you know, eventually to get that to where we can do six figures out of that. Um, and then a side business, whatever that would be, whether it's the podcast or whether it's the carpentry business, uh, it remains to be seen. But my hope is that you are encouraged that God is sovereign, um, that he has a, um, a plan in place for you to have an impact uh, on the people around you, on how they see him, how they're uh, moving forward in their own lives, how they're understanding the kingdom of God uh, and the people close to you. I mean, that includes you and your family. Um, 
our first value is kingdom citizenship. And so we really want folks to understand what God would want of us. And I think part of that is a quiet heart and, and a heart of worship. So um, on that note, I'm going to read from Psalm 63 and so we can start our time together. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I'll be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him while the mouths of liars uh, will be silenced. Father, we thank you for this time to be together, and I pray, Lord, for uh, my friends, family, and listeners um, that we would truly have a, a better sense of you this week, God, that we would quiet ourselves, um, God, give us a greater sense of your kingdom, remind us that we are not um, our circumstances, that we are not our history, that there's more for us, Lord, and that you want to use us. I pray power and blessing um, over the folks listening. And I pray for levity. God, I pray that they would feel uh, your strength beneath them, behind them, hemming them in, Lord, and moving them forward. We thank you for this time, Lord. We bless you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Friends, thank you again for listening. Um, I'm going to put Terry's contact information in the show notes, and we're going to split her interview Um into two parts because uh, I got to spend over an hour with her and it's I kept almost all of it I think I took out a couple seconds worth and it is just gold so please uh, get out your notebooks um, and get ready uh, for our time with real estate investor Terry Ziegler Terry Ziegler welcome to the blue collar money podcast we, I'm just excited to have this conversation today Cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You are you quickly after our initial conversation where you, I was really grateful you took the time while you were in Alaska um, on vacation to sit down with me and kind of do a, our pre-interview and quickly one of my favorite people, favorite conversations. So I'm excited oh. for our listeners to hear from you. Um, and I'm going to start in the deep end of the pool because it was just so refreshing. You are the one of one of maybe two or three people that I've ever met um, that, that um, started the conversation with, I don't care about money. And can you, can you just unpack that a little bit? Cause it was just a fun, it was a fun way to start our conversation. Um, well, I'll try to unpack it. It's um, it's just my heart. Um, I love the Lord. I'm sort of a Jesus freak. Um, but I really love people. And so it's funny. I think my joy comes from 
encouraging people. And so money is just a tool that I can use to encourage people. Hmm. The more I can give away, it's funny, the more the Lord dumps on me. You know that the verse that's like the Lord will fling open the windows of heaven and throw out more than you have room to contain. Yeah. That's really my life. And yeah. uh and I truly don't don't care about money at all. I care about the people, but the more I seem to give, the Lord just keeps dumping. And so it's a, a vicious cycle. But yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> unpacked what you were talking about. But yeah, no, that's yeah, I love it. Now currently you're in Florida right now. You're back home. Yes, sir. Okay. And is it technically, is it, it's not Orlando, it's Celebration? Is that a different town? No, um, I'm actually in Kissimmee, which Kissimmee. is, you know, uh, I'm a mile and a half from the mouse. I live a mile and a half from Disney World. Wow. And you're a real Super estate cool. broker in Yes, Florida? sir. Okay. Uh, in Texas, actually. I spent 40 years in Texas and that's where I'm a real estate broker. So when I came to Florida, it was like, okay, I really don't want to get my license and go through all that again. They don't have Florida and Texas don't have reciprocity. So uh, I'm still doing real estate, but I do the kind of real estate that I don't need a license for. I do my own investments or help other people or whatever. Okay. Oh, but the brokerage is the brokerage still going in Texas? Uh, It's a license. The law still have the license, but um, I had three or four offices in Texas and those I closed down when I moved here. Okay. How did you start in real estate? Uh, My family. Um, did real estate. My dad and my uncles um, would rent out little houses and yeah, so I just grew up in it. Okay. But that was, you said you had your license for 40 years? For 40 years. I'm old. So decades. Yeah. Yeah. So what what prompted the move to to Florida then? Um, Well, it's funny. Um, Here's a God story. This is a true story. So my son was uh, graduating from college and took an internship at Disney World. And uh, he said, hey, can you move my junk from college to to Florida, from Arkansas to Florida? We said, you know, your kids ask you to do something. Absolutely. We'll be there and do that. (laughs) And uh, so our first day here, we visited a local church, the closest one to Disney. And uh, as I walked in the door, I clearly heard the Lord say to me, welcome to your new church home. And I didn't tell anybody that because I was happy where I was. My husband's elder at our church and we had our home there. Um, And so service lasted an hour and a half. You know, I come from a Baptist background. We didn't do church for an hour and a half. And so (laughs) when we were done, I looked at my husband and said, well, what did you think about this church? And he said, I think we have a new church home. The same exact words an hour and a half earlier, I heard the Lord say, and I haven't left since then. That was August 1st, 2013. Wait a minute. Is this, is this uh Dave's church? Yeah. No way. Celebration, Celebration yeah. Community Church. Yep. That's how I met yeah. him. No yep. way. I have but been that's there. That's the story. And that's how we got to Florida. And there's a whole lot of junk that goes with that. But um, yeah, the Lord, you know, the Lord, speaks but not often enough to me man um i'd love to hear his voice every day but when he speaks um it's very simple it's not my thoughts Hmm. um and yeah so i recognized it immediately to be his voice and i thought okay well here we go so the transition took two or three years but i just never left my husband went back and forth because he had to close up shop and 
Yeah. Um, sell the house and all that. But anyway, that's off the subject. Sorry. It's no, just that's a, perfect. It's that's just perfect. a so good, you, good part of our life. The Lord changed our chapters. Wow. So that's that was eight years ago you made the move. Yes, sir. And then what have you been doing in Florida? Because you said that your license is in Texas, but um, Florida, right. you're doing investments of some kind? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I watch real estate, of course, because that's what I know. And so I've been looking for um, maybe a condominium or something. And I thought, oh, I love missionaries. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a place we could put missionaries when they're home on furlough or give them a break or whatever. So we're looking for a little condo. We found one and uh, got it and thought, okay, well, I don't know any missionaries yet. So I'll put it on Airbnb. And uh, when it's not being occupied by uh, missionaries, then we'll put it on Airbnb and maybe that'll help cover some of the cost. And so the first week we booked out for almost a year. So then I'm in trouble because now I don't have a place for missionaries today, right? So my plan didn't work very well. And um, so I thought, okay, well, this one's rented out. So I'll just grab another one that I can use for missionaries. Well, dad gumming it, the same thing didn't happen. So... Now we're down the road a few years and we have, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these things and they're just all full all the time. And friends come down and go, what are you doing right now, Terry? We show them the model and they're like, well, I want one of those. So now we manage another 40 for friends. And so what I found the Lord's done is he, he hadn't changed my heart. I still love missionaries and his people and what they're doing around the world. But it's given us the cash flow to assist them. Um, and if they let me know far enough in advance, we definitely house them when they're here. Or we'll put them in our house. That's even better because then we get to visit with them. But, um, yeah, it's just been a tool. I, okay, so you got to know this up front. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? So <laughs> it's not like this big scheme I planned and all that. It's the Lord's choice of hmm. what he, how he wants to use us. And so we do our best. I mean, I, hmm. I chase and run as fast as I can to keep up with the Lord. That will never happen. But um, yeah, so I didn't do a whole lot um, to make this happen. I've just tried to best to be obedient and to continue the process at the highest quality I can. Hmm. Now that, first, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. The, the first home that you were describing, um, was, it was a condominium or a townhome or it is, we still have it. Still Number have four it. through six. Yep. Now are the rest of the ones that you personally own, are they in the, that same genre or did you realize like, Hey, this is, you know, not the, the structure that we want to continue to use. Well, um, so, I enjoy numbers. Okay. Um, and so we are in 11 different resorts in, in Florida neighborhoods or um, condos or whatever are all called resorts. I, it's packaged that way, I guess, because of Disney and just marketing. But so we're in 11 different resorts. We have everything from a eight bedroom home with 
five and a half bathrooms to tiny houses. And because I like numbers, I just like to go, okay, what's the best return here? And the best return is the smaller houses. Um, So, and right now, tiny houses are all the fad. So I think we have about 20 tiny houses right now. And, you know, it's a full home. It's got a bedroom. It's super cute. It's got a little loft, four foot loft for children to bunk in. So they're separate from mom and dad. Uh, there's a full kitchen, a little living room, and a washroom dryer. And they run, you know, about 100 bucks a night. Well, so if you get a motel room, they're going to start at 150 to, if you're on Disney property, five or 600 a night. So here's a chance for you to be 10 minutes from Disney mm. and um, pay less than you pay for a regular motel room to have your own little tiny house. Okay. So mm. that's, and, and they're the cheapest investment in so you put the less down at least down so your expenses are low and then your your return is almost the same across the board no matter what the property type is yeah um so and you don't see end? this you don't see this trend uh changing mainly just because it's disney you're right around disney well it's funny uh that you asked me that because uh, as my friends come down and go, oh, well, we want one of those. And we want, you know, we want to do this. Um, they say, what's the risk? And I'm like, well, every investment has risk. But this is about as safe as you can get. Unless the weather patterns change in Florida or Disney goes away, um, you're pretty safe. Um, and so <laughs> yeah. then COVID happened and Disney closed down and it was like, okay, Lord, what you going to do? We mm. don't have people staying with us because everybody's locked up in their houses. Um, but we still have like lot rent or HOA fees and electric and insurance and, you know, tax and all that other junk happened. That doesn't stop, but the revenue stopped. However, the Lord and his graciousness, as I prayed my guts out, okay, what do we do? How do we go forward? How do I sustain this? He started it. So I'm very comfortable, happy. I can rest in that because he may change his mind tomorrow and close it down, but he hadn't done that yet. So he sustained us through the COVID thing by putting, he just drew other people to us. Um, We house nurses, we house essential workers, whatever. And I'm sorry, there just wasn't a bump in the road. He just provided Mm. for us. I love that. And that, and that is um, across the board, even the bigger homes, or is it mainly the small ones that kept you afloat? The bigger homes were harder because they're built for groups, okay. you know, like right. Right. Uh, sports team, you know, young students, whatever, family reunions. And so, uh, yeah, those were hard. And so a lot of those stayed empty, some, but it's it's so funny. It's so specific. Those owners completely had the means to carry those houses and it wasn't a problem for them. And they were able to get some type of government subsidy, whatever, um, to offset. So we didn't lose one property during the 18 months of COVID mess before everything reopened. Well, I mean, I'm going to, I'd love to go through this mainly because this is where Amanda and I land. Like we, 
you know, we're encouraging our listeners to kind of start small, um, but to start. Um, so can you take us through the expenses on like a tiny home, like, you know, the average of what you've incurred? And sure, then, you know, sure, sure, sure. Just go through the numbers. I'd love for people to have like a snapshot of like, okay, if I get into this, this is, you know, if if we if we are going to a town where the weather doesn't change and there is an attraction and it's a decent thing, you know, all things being equal, what are my costs? Okay, so I have all these thoughts running through my head that I want to tell you. Um, first of all, I would say before you jump off and do any of this stuff, you start praying hard. You cover this in prayer. Mm. You don't even have to go buy property. Maybe the Lord's leading you to rent out a bedroom in your home. Mm. I'm all about, he's given us these gifts and our homes are a gift. What's the highest and best use? What's the best stewardship we can make? Some people are like, I'm not having a stranger in my house. No way. Okay, well, talk to your church. Maybe people in your church need a place to stay as well for a a short time. Mm. Um, So that's where I would encourage you to start is start by praying. Okay, Lord, what what do you have for me? He may be trying to build the local church or build relationships or whatever. So um, that's a way to start with zero money down. You just have to see if you're comfortable with that. How's a a college student or, you know, um, yeah, maybe a senior adult that needs some companionship. There's there's a billion different options, but prayer is the first time. First first thing. Okay, so. Here's some questions you have to ask. One, if you're going to do an investment property outside your home, one is this not going to be a personal thing or is this a business? Because if it's you're going to live there, but you're going to be gone three or four months a year and you're going to rent it out where you're gone, that's one thing. And, and numbers aren't don't make as much sense when you do it that way because you're going to decorate it a certain way and it's going to be super cute. And you're going to have, you know, more valuable things, more sentimental things in the house if it's your personal home that you're going to use sometimes for business. If it's straight business, then we're going into it on number basis only. So we're not going to do, you know, 1800 thread count, thread, whatever, (laughs) that big fancy sheets and stuff, right? Right. We're going to make it nice and it's going to be quality. um, But... It just looks different. And that, I know this may sound like a funny question. Is it personal or or is it business? But especially for females, we tend to want to take business properties and make them cute like they're our home. And you don't do that. So I watch every nickel on my owners and my own properties on investment properties, businesses. So it's going to be high quality, but it's not going to have all the cutesy tootsy stuff and it. it's not going to look like my home. It's going to look like a Hilton hotel room. Okay. okay. So colors don't matter. You go white sheets, you know, those kind of things if it's an investment only. Um, now, so once you address the question, is this a personal that I'm going to use for business some, or if it's straight business, once you get past that question, the two criteria that I use before I purchase personally is number one, um, I have to know that there is a solid probability of appreciation of this property. 
So I want to buy as inexpensively as possible in the best neighborhood. Okay. Okay. So that's cash flow number one. The, these two questions are both cash flow related. So I want my appreciation and value to be really my um my solid investment, my core investment um, issue that I'm looking at. The second question I have to look at before I buy property is, can I get a positive monthly cash flow? So if I have mortgage, if you go mortgage or if you go cash, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, all my expenses, are they going to be less than what I anticipate my income to be? So if let's just use round numbers, if we're going to make a hundred bucks a night on this property and that's about three grand and let's say my expenses with maid service, taxes, insurance, uh, cleaning products, all that stuff, you know, it needs to come in, you know, 2000 or less. What I'm comfortable with is about a thousand bucks a month profit off of a place. Now, sometimes it's less if the place is smaller. Um, but then your expenses are less, you know, if you can get from 500 to a thousand dollars a month, positive cash flow, then that's a win. As long as it's a property in an area that is appreciating and not depreciating. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So you said if, if something rents for 3000, your, your net should be around a thousand. So your, your margin is like 40% then, right? 33 whatever that have is. you ever seen that return anywhere ever uh <laughs> not legally it's, it's cr- i know it's, it's a little crazy but it's i'm telling you we do it all the time and now so, when, if yeah. i'm looking if i'm if i'm looking not at the investment but the investors so the people that are making the decisions there's there is a a there's a carry cost if if the building doesn't do what it's supposed to do. What do you tell people? Like, how do you tell them to prepare? Do you want them to have, you know, those? If it's two grand in expenses a month out of the three, do you, do you want them to have three or four months set aside just in case another COVID happens or a a well goes out or a septic or a this or that? That would probably be the smart council. However, that's not the council I give. Okay, okay. Um, in Florida, the most important thing that we have in properties is air conditioning. Okay. So I want you to have enough money to replace an air conditioner if you need to. And so that's three to $4,000 depending on the property. Okay. So as long as you have that in reserves, I'm pretty comfortable. If they get into this business, and I mean, I make it sound really easy, but you're dealing with the public and- like this morning before I talked to you, it wasn't even daylight out. A property, which we've rented for two and a half years, never had a problem. Everybody loves it. Four days ago, got some type of roach nest. So we have hundreds of cockroaches dropping out of the ceiling. And the, the guest opened the door when she was making breakfast to grab a spoon. That's pretty normal, right? And 30 cockroaches jumped out. Okay, so... My goodness. Although this is not rocket science and it's not hard work, sometimes you have challenges. And so you have to be prepared. Your expectation is that you're working with the public and you're 
you just, it, there is work involved. It's not like you put money in the stock market and you kind of just are a silent contributor, you know? Right, right. Um, this actually takes a little bit of sweat, you know? Yeah. Labor stuff. So, anyhow, you, um, I guess the, uh, again, um, this isn't rocket science and I don't have all the answers, but what I do have, is a team around me. It took two or three years to compile this team of vendors that are excellent at their craft and they're on they're a team with us. So if I need and this is this is true story. Steve is my pest and termite guy. And I'm finding out this about this at 5 30 this morning. And so I text him at 5 30 thinking okay when he wakes up today he'll get the message and call me back. By 545, he'd responded and said, I'll be out today, Terry. So what I'm telling you is there's great value in teamwork and people that love Jesus and get the whole thing of this. We're a family and, you know, we're eternal. We're going to be together forever. So we're going to love each other that way. And if I called somebody from the Yellow Pages and said, hey, I got this bug problem can you come out and they're like sure three weeks from thursday you know what i mean <laughs> right so right. having a good solid team around you is critical hmm. you're, you're not you're not a lone dog in this game i, I don't think the lord has that for us yeah. he wants us together i feel like i know what your answer is going to be but i'm asking anyway like how do you find those great people because right now everybody's working and if you're in working, if you're not working in the contractor vendor field, you suck. I mean, it's because nobody wants you. Nobody, it's because nobody wants you. I learned that the hard way. I hired guys because they wasn't, they weren't working, and then I realized why they weren't. Um, but mm -hmm. finding the quality people that will return your call, that will show up, that do an amazing job, that will answer the phone the first time, like what is it that makes them so loyal to you? Well, I can tell you, I started out the wrong way, and okay. I hired those people that nobody else would use because they were terrible and they robbed me and all that other stuff. Um, here's the secret from, for Terry Ziegler. Okay. It might not be the secret for everybody, but this is Terry Ziegler's secret. I just run to the Lord and say, hmm. I have a problem here. I have a shortage. And when I stopped trying to go to the market and hire people, you know, through the business quote quote business route and I stopped doing that and just show up for church I pray my heart out I love the Lord I seek his direction hmm. he started adding people and so without giving you names I'm going to give you examples okay um at church one of my pastors walked up to me and said Terry I got a handyman that needs some work. His wife has breast cancer and they really can't afford all their treatment payments. Is there any work you might have for him? Hallelujah. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord, for adding this man to me. Hmm. So he's been with us for years. Yeah. Um, we had somebody else, uh, a lady, brilliant woman. She has her master's. Um, she worked at a nursing home. She loves the low people. But she has had MS since her 20s. Hmm. And working at the nursing home, um, 
was hard work and she was working 50, 60 hours a week administrating at the nursing home. She's like, man, I just physically can't do this anymore. Do you have any work that I could do from home? Hallelujah. Absolutely. I need somebody to manage my auditors. So, I mean, it's like that. I could tell you 15 stories like that. We have a precious 20 something year old that had her first baby. She's a school teacher. And she's like, I really want to raise my child myself. But our little family, our new family, she's been married three or four years. We can't afford to live on just one salary. Do you have anything I can do from home so I can, um, you know, raise my daughter? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because Airbnb is all online stuff, right? So 90% of my work is sitting at my desk, just juggling huge volumes of stuff online. So my point in all this is that seek the Lord. He's got a plan. He started this whole thing. He's not, you know, going to leave you alone. He promises if we seek him, we're going to find him. Now, let me flip to the other side. That's the vendor side or the worker side. He does the same thing with the owners. Um, people come visit church um, and are like, hey, or they get a referral and say, hey, we've heard this business you do. How Can you manage for us? Absolutely. So I can tell you as many stories on that side from um, a lovely woman who wanted to go visit her kids three or four months a year. And so she rents her house out while she's gone. She didn't have to put any investment in. So there's, you know, to a, a dentist from Scotland who owns tons of properties and got locked up in Scotland because of COVID, you know, they're all kind of stories. But I'm, my point of all of them is seek the Lord. He's got it. Wait on him, rest in him. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's my secret. I don't know how to do it any other way. I mess right. up when I try to, do it myself in a business mind. And I mean, and I don't want to make fun of that. I've been in the business community for a long time. Uh, but what works for me, at least right now for the last eight or 10 years is giving it all up every day going, okay, Lord, what you got for me today? I'll do my best to keep up with you and run alongside of you. And yeah. I don't hear his voice every day, but things happen, appointments get made and he's just in it. Friends, you've been listening to Blue Collar Money, theories of middle-class investing. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming content. We very much appreciate you taking the time to join us. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you live out your best financial story. 